Well, Michael, we've heard all about um, the strength in a lot of our agri-commodities at the moment. Uh, one thing that's on the top of mind with everybody uh, in addition is fertiliser prices and even availability of fertiliser to get our crops finished and even get the next crop in. Uh, what's going on at the minute? Absolutely, Mark. Uh, we're seeing a situation with fertiliser, seeing price rises that the world really hasn't seen since about the 2008 period, uh, at a time when there really was that scramble to get crops growing back then. Um, but fertiliser prices have gone up rapidly recently across the world. This is due to three major factors um, and totally beyond Australia's control. One was Hurricane Ida, which hit Louisiana in the US. And whilst we don't get a lot of our urea from there, the fact that it knocked out things like the world's largest nitrogen facility meant that there was less fertilizer to go around. So that caused part of the shortage. The second one was to do with gas prices in Europe. Gas prices in Europe have gone up more than 10 times. And when that happens, it means that European fertiliser producers either have to shut down uh, because gas is prohibitively expensive or they have to raise their prices rapidly. And the third one's to do with fertiliser exports out of China. Because of the other two points and because fertiliser was becoming more expensive, China's doing what it can to keep fertiliser prices down for its own domestic farmers. And as part of that, China has limited its own exports to quite a degree. In fact, local governments in China have asked the state-owned enterprises, who make up the majority of fertiliser producers in that country, to cease their exports. What does that mean? It means that fertiliser prices across the board have increased rapidly globally. It means there is less to go around, and it means that is going to be a big consideration for Australian farmers heading into 2022. So in a, in a global context, does this mean that whoever pays the most gets access? Or is it not that simple? Look, I suppose that's the way things work, well, fundamentally in economics, uh, the way we work with our, our agricultural commodities, the people who pay the most uh, when we see prices getting driven up for meat, getting driven up for wheat as well. That's when they may, the buyers out there in the world may sense there's a shortage and, and look to pay more to, to get those supplies. So that's exactly what we're seeing now. And the fact that we've looked at those factors coming out of the US, coming out of Europe and coming out of China, and tried to look at how long it will take to correct this, we could be seeing those high prices lasting well into 2022. And there's obviously some supply, some supply shocks in all of this, but often is the case that high prices just tend to attract higher costs um, as a way of curing the margin that's ever available in farming. Is there a bit of that playing out here as well, maybe? Look, that's absolutely right. And we have to say that that is the case for most producers in Australian agriculture, livestock, grain particularly, things have been very good. We all know that. High prices of beef, high prices of grain, high prices of sheep. And because of the good season, at the other end, inputs have been reasonably low. With all that rain, people have needed less feed. They've needed less fertiliser because the pasture's been good. Even water prices have been down for dairy farmers and others who've needed that. So it has been a good year. While nobody wants these high prices, it is in a way part of that correction as well to, to bring things back, particularly margins, closer to where they were in what we'd call an average year. Yeah, and, and as commodity producers, I guess there's always a focus to efficiency and productivity, um, but, but, you know, sustainability with all its meanings uh, plays a big role these days as well. Do we think that um, managing 
the sort of physical environmental sustainability and all of this features a bit more actively than in the past where, for example, cheap ready access to, to fur might encourage more use purely to generate more cash, even though the margin is in decline. Um, that probably isn't the response you'd tend to see in today's world, not in a developed market anyway. Look, they are two factors. And while they're probably not linked, they're both going to be a big part of the coming decade. If you were to look back over Australian fertiliser usage over the last 50 years, you could almost argue it works in cycles. Uh, as, as agronomy changes and different fertiliser combinations change, when we have a drier 10 years and fertiliser usage changes, if there is going to be one major theme of the, say, 2020s in fertiliser usage there, it's going to be the impact of whether we call it sustainability, whether we call it the impacts of carbon farming, uh, whether we look at some of the alternative fertilizers and some of the alternative uh, management philosophies of agriculture we see coming onto the market, they are going to play a big role. And, and while a lot of farmers will continue to use the same levels of fertilizer they had, we're probably going to see a structural change going forward over the years. It has yet to play out, uh, but it's going to be a different kind of a decade. You know, I guess we're seeing a lot more technology and precision agriculture um, make these costs go further in a lot of better farming systems. But, you know, it all points towards, I guess, maybe um, higher food and agri-commodity prices, ultimately, as this is yet perhaps another scarce resource and cost that has to be factored into what consumers ultimately pay. Well, they are the two parts that obviously play out against each other. On one hand, when we have efficiency, when we have greater specific application of fertiliser, so we need less inputs, less pesticides, less labour, uh, and all of those inputs, that means greater potential uh, for revenue there. But on the other hand, when there are those issues which are going to make some parts of agricultural production higher, yes, that could definitely see upward pressure on food prices. And in the short term at least, while it probably won't be a huge issue, high prices of fertiliser, if they last for the next year, could have the potential to put some upward pressure definitely on production costs, grain and livestock. And because it's global, there could be some indication that there could be a contribution to food inflation. So that's something the world will need to watch for the next year, particularly the developing countries. And one last one, I guess, um, we're exposed to a global production uh, base, um, but what of the alternatives and what of the um, more environmental sort of driven solutions to fertility beyond synthetic fertilisers um, that might be our future? Is that something that's ready plug into farming or still got a fair way to go, do you think? Well, perhaps this could be the impetus in the same way that if there was one of the few silver linings of the disruption of the last year was to do with uh, an increase in efficiency and automation in the food supply chain, maybe we will see this speed up the research and development into some of those alternatives. So Australian farmers particularly are less vulnerable in future to fertiliser changes, to fertiliser prices, and they speed up researching some of those alternatives. Fascinating stuff. Thanks, Michael.